Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. What? Austin's back. Colin. That's a familiar voice. They say absence makes the heart go grow fonder. And I really didn't know if I believed in that until I spent the last week and a half away from you. And I didn't miss you. you don't. No, I oh. missed you. Not only did I miss you, oh, I actually like almost missed doing Canton Bound. Like I'm actually well, now sort of energized for tonight's show. I haven't been drinking, I swear. I was gonna say, well, now I know you're lying. No, no, I, I'm actually ready to talk tonight. Talk wow. your ear off. Okay. Well, all right. I mean, this is this is gonna be a rare treat for the people and energized mm-hmm. Austin mm-hmm. on Canton Bound. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to either or one of the uh the shows in your absence? Hell no. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I did. I didn't listen to the Canton Bound. Actually, I saw it was a shorter episode, but I did yeah. listen to the entirety of Campus Life. That was a long All one. two hours. It was a long one. All Although, I didn't appreciate you. T- you at the end, you're like, "This is a slog." Like, I can't believe you guys survived this shit. That like, was Felix. That was. It was. It was. I was like, I thought it was entertaining. I don't know. I thought it was too. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Felix was yeah. Felix had had a long day. He had been driving. So I understand where he was coming from, from that. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. Always fun getting Matt and Felix to, or, uh, yeah, together. And, you know, I want to offer a small rebuttal no? to what Matt said on the show. This is two shows in a row that Matt's been on that I've had to offer a rebuttal because I have not been on the show with him. First off, he said that I've never seen, uh, bat, like, uh, Batman, the one with, uh, like, um, uh, not uh, no, 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 like the one with a Christian Bale and what's uh, with the Joker. What the, like, I forget. Like, oh, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight. Yes. You said I've never seen the Dark Knight, which I was like, I've seen the Dark Knight like a bajillion times. Couldn't remember the name of it. So that's not, yeah. I'm not helping my cause here as I say this. Um, But then on that show, he was like, Austin never invites me on shows. And I want to offer a rebuttal as to why I never invite Matthew Bruning on shows. Oh. This dude does like nine shows a week. Yeah. I try not to put Matt in a grave before he's 40. So, Matt, you're welcome. <laughs> Paula, you're welcome. I'm, I'm not <laughs> Matt's children someday when you listen to this. You're welcome. I'm trying to give you some time with your dad. No, I I, I just I don't. I, the, the dude works like all the time, like we're on stuff behind the scenes for C2C. So um, I, I, I'm not trying to <laughs> to just uh, heat more like, hey, Matt, while you're at it, you want to come on the show? I, I try not to do that. I try to get some uh, some other perspectives and yes sometimes i do like hearing the sound of my own voice and doing a solo show <laughs> um yeah i mean i so matt is usually the one that i turn to for canton bound because it's oftentimes like later notice and it's also really hard to get people to talk nfl because that's just not what we're quite as passionate about i mean that's all where that's where all of us essentially got our start uh, but we are so far down the rabbit hole now that we have to climb back up to talk about NFL at times, but uh, for Monday's show, I just put it out in the, in, in the Slack channel, uh, it, it, whoever wanted and Matt and Felix both were interested. So Felix was interested. Anytime yeah. I can get on the mic, getting on yeah. the mic. Yeah. That Felix is... H sharp, <laughs> the third Esquire or whatever he is. <laughs> All right. Well, we will, we'll get into the show here since you're energized. We won't waste that energy just rambling and talking, although it is nice to talk to you again. Um, 
But before we get into the part of the show here, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource. You can use promo code CAMPUS23 for 10% off of a membership over there. Uh, we'll get into the the crux of the show here. Uh, we've got three three quick segments, off-season buys. We'll do a little this or that, and then uh, we'll get the people out of here. How's that sound? That sounds great, Colin. All right. We'll start off with the off-season buys. Uh, it's at the time of year now where everybody's kind of taking stock of players and assessing these uh, assessing these, these different situations. You know, we have seen a lot of offensive coordinators get fired over the past week or so. I think there's about 10 openings across the league now, creating a lot of parity here. We got to take advantage of that. Who are two of your biggest buys this offseason? Yeah, so I we were we were thinking up who we were going to talk about, and I was like, I, I don't make me talk about Brandon Ayuk again because Brandon Ayuk is probably going to be my answer for like the next two years. There's rumors that he's going to be traded now too, which I I don't think oh. would uh, would hurt him depending on uh, where he goes. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to pay him or not. You know, they're already paying uh, Kittle and CMC and and uh, all all these other guys in arm and a leg. Three quarterbacks so. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, tough scenes there for anybody else trying to make some serious cash. Uh, but no, I'm going to talk actually Calvin Ridley. I know that's a bit of a chalky answer. Um, I I think if you picked up Calvin Ridley last year when the suspension was announced uh, and, and you've held him this entire time, you're probably feeling really, really good about him for next year with how good Trevor Lawrence has looked this year, with how good, uh, how well they've acclimated to to peterson's offense there in, in jacksonville I, they made the playoffs this year and they won a playoff game like they're playing again this weekend yeah. i don't know how many people were predicting that at the beginning of the year even if you know the most optimistic non-homers i, I don't know if they would have quite gotten you there so um I, I think this offense is an offense on the rise i think they still need like yeah okay whatever zay jones is, is a fine nfl wide receiver um, um uh, kirk is a fine nfl wide receiver um Evan Ingram's a fine NFL tight end. Like these guys are all fine, but they don't have that guy there to really kind of tie the whole group together. I really do think Ridley can be that. I know he hasn't played in a little bit. So this actually might even be one where you like wait the first week or two of the season for him to not look great. And then you go get him, but he's still only 28. I believe Mm -hmm. he hasn't been in the NFL like that long. He's, I think he's still got two, three, four years ahead of him tied to the quarterback that I think at this point, like it's undeniable that he's a top, I don't know, eight NFL quarterback, like somewhere in that range. I don't know how many quarterbacks could have dug themselves that hole and then dug themselves out of it in that game. Uh, I think it's just a really, really good situation. And I think he's a really, really good player. So I I think he's an obvious buy. I know the guy that has him, the problem is the guy that has him might've been sitting on him for a year. And uh, I I have a league like that. That's a really deep league that uh, I, I like barely didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, But I, I get Ridley back next year and I'm like, sweet wheels up so in that situation maybe somebody's not really looking to sell too much but if i can get him for a reasonable price i I think i'm doing it i think like if i'm looking at a c2c roster and maybe i don't want to wait on a rookie like who would you rather have jordan addison or calvin ridley tomorrow jordan addison okay see i think i would take ridley on a Hmm. team like on a a non-obvious rebuild squad like like anything but that any any other circumstance i i 
think I would push the timeline forward a couple years. Um, but guy, guys in that range, I, I think I'm fine with with moving them for Ridley. See, I, I I'm not knocking Ridley. I think he's a good buy, and he's somebody but, that he's somebody that I think can do really well in that offense. Because you, you're right, he they don't have that guy. Like they just supported two top 25 wide receivers and a top six tight end. And none of them are really that great. Like you said, my problem with Ridley for Jordan Addison is Ridley's already 28. Now he was an older prospect coming out. So I think that that might not, he still definitely has some tread on his tires. Like I don't think he's going to hit his age ceiling quite as quickly as maybe some other players would because he was already a little bit older. Um, But I think it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated back into the game. He has missed a full year and a half. Uh, So it's going to take him a little bit of time and it's going to take a rookie a little bit of time as well. So I think that just because of needing to be a little patient with Ridley at the start of the year, you're also going to need to be a little bit patient with Addison at the start of the year. And he's what, seven years younger. So that's why I would take Addison there, but I don't think Ridley's a bad call at all. Uh, my Fine. be that way. Big, <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, my biggest buy of the off season here is uh, a guy who is also away from the game for about a year and a half. Uh, and that's Deshaun Watson. Um, he was actually probably away for almost two years, but I think that Deshaun Watson, if you tried to buy, if you held him all the way through that, uh, the, the situation that went on with him, um, you weren't really going to sell him. You know, and people trying to buy him at that point in time probably paid a little bit more than what he was worth at the time in pure value just because those people held on to him for so long. So similar to Calvin Ridley here, if you're looking to buy him right now, you're going to have to pry him from somebody who held on for a little while. But at this point, Deshaun Watson, he missed the first I think, 13 games of the year, started a little bit slow. But then his last two games, he finishes the QB eight and the QB six, you know, with um, like just under 20, over, a little over 20 fantasy points. I think it was 21 something. And then just a little bit under 20 fantasy points. The other one's like 19. Wait, he, so, he finished He finished as a, as the QB eight or the QB six in that game against Pittsburgh. He looked like yeah. shit. Jeez. Yeah, he was the, okay. I think that was the week he was the QB eight. I think he had like 19 oh, fantasy must points. have been a rough but, week for quarterbacks. He was terrible in that game, like functionally. I know fantasy doesn't always equate, and they yeah. obviously has job security, but I know. Jeez. Oh, well, I also think that speaks to how bad the quarterback situation is around the league right now for fantasy purposes. Like I was going through and updating my my rankings for Dynasty here, and man, after the, tw- I have Deshaun Watson as my QB 12. And after that, like, I don't feel good about anybody. I have Trey Lance at 13, but that's more based on upside. Like we don't know what's going to go on there with that. They have Brock Purdy who looks good all of a sudden. Um, you know, we don't know when Lance is going to be back healthy. We also don't even necessarily know what type of a quarterback he is. He's played one game, you know, Derek Carr is going to be on the move. Who knows where he's going to be. You have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, those guys who were staples for a while now look like dust. So the quarterback situation across the league is is not great right now for fantasy purposes. So I think that that puts a little bit more of a premium on a guy like Deshaun Watson. And we've seen what he can do. I mean, he was a QB1 for years there at at Texas in, in Houston. And I think he can get back to that level at Cleveland. 
especially now that he's been able to knock the rust off a little bit here. And I don't think people have quite caught up to that yet. Um, I think he'll always be expensive. That's my only problem. Like, I, I don't know what you'd have to spend to get him. I just, I think he's, I have him in exactly one league. It's a league. It's that's the league that we're in with our NIL members. He uh, was going absurdly cheap in the startup auction. So I felt like I kind of had to take him there. Like just, but that I think happened he's a pre-suspension, I think. Right. I no, I think it happened after. Um, okay. I, I just think he's like, he's a piece of shit. Like, I don't really yeah. want him on teams. I wasn't like active, like, Oh, I'm going to get this discount on Deshaun Watson going to the draft. It just kind of happened. And I was like, well, yeah. like I'll, I'll, I'll go cheap here. Um, but I just, I think he's a disgusting human being. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that completely. Um, so if you can stomach having a terrible person on your fantasy roster, I think he's a good buy. I, I can, <laughs> I, oh, shit, I don't want to use that term. I was going to say I can separate the artist from like the 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 player from the baggage. We'll go that way. It's an awful. Um, I I generally can like I I mean so like my old dynasty leagues that I've had for like seven eight nine oh, close to ten years at this point. Um, like I had Tyreek on all of them coming out of like the, his first couple games in the NFL. I, I had him like I don't doesn't necessarily bother me. Just the I don't know the sheer like audacity mm. that he had just like it's just it's just yeah yeah we don't need to get into that whole legal no. discussion there i i don't disagree with you at all coming um, from your friendly neighborhood lawyer yeah i yes. just don't uh can't um, uh can't get on that train I'm, I'm glad i i changed my uh my my uh my wording there before i went ahead and did that probably, smart. Um, probably what smart. about save what about me some editing <laughs> what about Rashad Bateman? Would you buy Rashad Bateman this offseason with the departure of Greg Roman? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I, we obviously don't know who they're going to bring in, but I don't think the situation is going to get worse. Yeah, it's a good point. And honestly, like, if Lamar leaves, would that actually be like a bad thing for Rashad Bateman? Depends on who they replace it. Like, I, I think he's almost quarterback agnostic. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's stuck in the blender with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and whatever trash that's <laughs> rolled through Carolina over the past three to five years, um, then, yeah, maybe that's not a good thing. But um, I think they'll have a plan in place, like, regardless. I think they'll be okay. I actually think they'd probably try to roll with Huntley, depending on what happens. I mean, if obviously, if you get a haul back and, and you can maybe work something out, you, you do it. But um I, I like I like Rashad Bateman as a buy. I think he's like he has legitimately almost been forgot about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like I don't even I don't really hear people talk about him anymore. I don't have a lot of him, but I will probably try to buy him. They, I I I wouldn't pay up like the top rookies for him this year. Like I would for for Ridley. I just feel better about Ridley there long term with with T Law. But um, I. I, I would probably pay a decent price. I, it's so hard to come up with these examples off the top of my head while I'm sitting here. I think everybody knows by right. now that I'm freaking terrible at it. <laughs> but I, I think like a, a mid-range asset, I, I could be in on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I, I think that Bateman is somebody that people kind of forget about a little bit. And there's also a little bit of a stigma around Lamar as a quarterback for wide receivers and for receiver production. And I don't think it's necessarily unwarranted, but I also don't think we can say it's definitively him because he's been playing in the same offense the entire time. So is it him? Is it the offensive coordinator? Uh, I, 
I, I tend to lean towards it was a little bit more the offensive coordinator. I think that Lamar would be fine in terms of serving a fantasy, like um, being able to produce a fantasy relevant wide receiver. And I think his skill set would match up pretty well with Bateman. So I think that's a good call. I like those guys. Thank you. Thank you. What about what? I mean, does Greg Roman move the needle for any of those other guys for you? His departure. Uh, the other like receiving assets on the team. Anybody, anybody on the team, running backs, anybody. Well, I'm glad. Right I'm glad that you ask actually about the running back because that's my my next buy here. Uh, is J.K. Dobbins. Um, he had he got injured in the middle of the year. There, he like elected to have that other surgery just to kind of clean up. Um, you know, his knee. There was some some scar tissue that was kind of preventing him from running the way that he he felt that he could. So he missed several weeks in the middle of the season. I think it was like six. Um, and then he had two really good games right after that, 200-yard games. Um, and, you know, struggled against Atlanta, oddly enough, which ended up costing me a league. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then, you know, bounced back the week after that against Pittsburgh with like 93 yards. So he ended the year pretty strong. And I think that going into next year, he's only going to be more healthy. I'll be interested to see what the offensive coordinator situation looks like, but it seemed like Greg Roman kind of liked to rotate those running backs a little bit. Uh, you know, he, there were only like four games this year where he had double digit carries. And again, you know, he was battling some injuries there, but I think that this is only going to be up, uh, upwards for Dobbins. He's still only 24. So he's still a pretty young running back. Um, so I, I, Dobbins is a guy that I'd be going after. Um, my only concern is that he was. You ever see? You've, you've seen the famous YouTube video, I'm assuming, with Darren Shapa, the hottest. Yeah. Like, yes, I have. Running over Greg Jennings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way that guy limps, like the the Madden like guy limps in that video, is how J.K. Dobbins looked at the end of the year. Like trying to go watch the two of them back to back, and then tell me that that's not <laughs> accurate. Um. Which is slightly concerning, considering the whole point of that Madden video is that the guy's playing on a shattered leg or whatever. And yeah. Do, Do, he did not like. How, I like. I. I do wonder if we just never see what Dobbins could have been, which is a bummer. Um, such it a weird a player. Such mm -hmm. a weird player. Um, like an effective one. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We we may never because he has been battling some injuries here, but he's gonna have all off season to get healthy finally, hopefully. And I think that this will be a good opportunity for him. A and of, a lot of qualifiers in there, Colin. Hopefully, maybe sometime. <laughs> well, I always got to. I got a hedge. I mean, I got to throw probably and maybe in there, no matter how sure or unsure I am, just in case. Have some balls, Colin. Have some just conviction, in just in case. Say it with your chest. Come on. Um. Moving I on. Throw you off. Sorry. <laughs> moving on. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a little bit of this or that. I mean, I think we're at the point where it's it's kind of ranking season, um, and we'll do college players compared to some NFL guys here. It's uh, this is the NFL show. Cue yeah, the hamsters. Bro. The didn't get with this. You can get with that. I love that commercial. Colin's face. I was so cute. The hamsters. He was like, mm. I was like, where is he going with this? No, I, I like that commercial. That was a good that, call. I, this I is should, energized. Awesome. I should stop being such a wild card because you didn't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Y yeah. You've been, you've been throwing me off a couple times tonight here. 
but we'll, we'll, we'll look at a college player versus an NFL player and kind of see who we would prefer in this situation. We'll start off at the quarterback position here, and we'll go with Drew Aller, quarterback for Penn State, Drew Allar, actually, um, and Trey Lance, quarterback for San Francisco. Who you got? This answer is going to upset some people. If you gave me the option to pick between one of those two players today, I would take Drew Allar. And it's not because I'm even sitting here saying that I know or I think that that Alar is going to get, you know, top 10 draft capital, that he's going to be a star at Penn State over the next couple of years. I'm not saying any of those things, but what I am worried about, and I didn't toss it out there earlier because uh, uh, when you were talking Trey Lance, because I, I figured this would be a good time for it. I think we still have not seen the bottom of Trey Lance's value. Hmm. Because he is a quarterback that from what we've seen so far, Really has to rely on the legs at this point. I still think he's trying to figure it out as a passer because he hasn't played that much. Like this isn't a knock on him. Like think about it. He played one full season in college and then one game didn't play at all as a rookie and then played one game last year. So this dude, the past three years has played two games and he didn't even finish one of them. He left with that, the awful, awful ankle injury. I think he's going to struggle next year. I actually think that we see Brock Purdy start more games for San Francisco next year than we see Trey Lance. Cause I think Trey Lance will not, the ankle might be physically healed and maybe, maybe it, it still will not be hundred percent quite yet, but I don't know that mentally he'll quite be ready yet. And he relies a lot on those legs right now. I still think you can. So I think Alar is going to be an appreciating asset. Um, uh, asset if he plays well this year, I expect him to play well. I'm not predicting, um, you know, a four thousand yard season or Heisman. Penn State to make the championship or a Heisman. I'm not I'm not predicting any of those things. You should, but I think if he plays well, I think that he is a, a appreciating asset, and I think Trey Lance next year will still has not bottomed out yet. So just purely on accruing value i think you have to take a lar here i don't think you can take lance and this isn't like i'm done with lance i'm writing lance off i just think we won't really know what he looks like for another year but i still you know he's attached to san francisco like brock purdy's not a good quarterback and he's looked really good there (laughs) like i think trey lance is a much better player than him i just don't want to trust it for next year yeah i think that Trey Lance, there is a buy window now, but if you do buy him, I agree with you. I think we could see some, still some, still see some depreciation because Brock Purdy. I didn't think Brock Purdy was a good quarterback. He's playing way better than I would than I thought he was. I still think he is closer to like the Davis Mills level of a quarterback than even Jimmy Garoppolo, because we saw Jimmy Garoppolo play well with San Francisco for a number of years too. And that's not to disparage Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is, I think Kyle Shanahan's offense is a good offense. And it's just one where the skill level doesn't necessarily need to, the, the sum of the parts is almost greater than the sum. Is that, am I saying that right? The, I'm just letting you do your own thing. You're doing great. That's all you need to know, Colin. You thank you. Just you, my special little guy. You just keep <laughs> chugging along. The the system elevates the players. The players don't elevate the system. That's kind of what I was looking for there. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would take uh, Drew Alar at this point as well. And 
I felt like a homer what I was going to say that. So I'm glad that you're the one who said it first. But I, I think that Drew Lar has a huge ceiling. I think Trey Lance may have a little bit higher of a ceiling, but we Drew Lar is going to have an opportunity to develop that, and he's not going to have nearly as much competition. He's going to have that job to himself for the next two years at a minimum. He'll be able to develop and learn and. Trey Lance has some competition there. Whether we think Brock Purdy's good or not, he has them in the uh, second round of the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, sticking at the quarterback position here, true freshman, incoming freshman, Malachi Nelson, quarterback, going to USC versus Tua. Who you got? Yeah, so this uh, this is another one that I think I'm going to shock people with my answer. But I actually think if I had to choose, and again, I, this is a situation where I, I know the value of them, and so I, I would obviously, like if I had two, I'd, I'd want more in a trade back. But I think I'll take Malachi for a couple of reasons. Remember, this is C2C, so the Devi potential obviously factors in quite a bit, but we don't have to bank on him being an amazing NFL prospect to gain any sort of value here. I do worry a little bit about Tua's health long term. I mean, concussions are nothing to joke about. He's a sharp kid. He's from a family that seems to get it. Like, I think that even if they're not having those serious discussions now, and I think they probably are, but I don't think they're having them in like the, you need to be done. I think they're, they're just kind of discussing it, but I think one or two more of those. And I think this, the family sits him down and kind of, you know, we don't want you to be a vegetable at 40. I don't, I'm not even saying it as a joke. Like, yeah. Colin, you sat here. Like, I'm not sitting here smirking as I say it. Like, no, I, yeah. I think it's a legitimate concern with him. I, I did make the, the, the neck strength of a baby joke a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, that got a chuckle in our, in our company slack. It did. It did. <laughs> um, Nelson, like, I, I just think there's, there's very few assets as safe as a, a Lincoln Riley quarterback. Like uh, the one over the past almost a decade that hasn't worked really worked out and held the value long term has been Spencer Rattler. And even then, I think that was more on Rattler as a personality than on Rattler as a football player. I don't have that kind of concern with Malachi Nelson. He seems like a pretty grounded kid. He's liked a bunch of my tweets, so I think he's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and he thinks you're pretty cool. He pretty thinks I'm at least, you know, either a stalker or really nice. Um I, I think he, he seems like a very uh, level-headed kid. He, going to USC, they'll they'll have no shortage of weapons. They'll have no shortage of, of good offensive scheme. I don't think it's outrageous to say, like, there's there's decent chance that he's going to be a Heisman finalist sometime in the next three or four years just because that's what Lincoln Riley produces. So uh, I, I think that as much uncertainty as there is with any incoming freshman, I feel really good just about investing just any name any quarterback attached to Lincoln Riley, he, he's the latest. So I, I think I'll take Nelson over Tua. Man, the people are going to hate this because I, I agree with you here. They I, say I, we agree too much, Colin, and then you, I go know. And you pull this crap twice. I know. I know. Well, in my defense, I didn't necessarily think you were going to drew a lot over Trey Lance. I knew you were going to go Nelson over Tua. And from a Devi's perspective, I would probably side with Tua, even with the health concerns there, because I do think like you said he seems like somebody who gets it and even though and then the family seems like a family who gets it and even though he was probably like just trying to get back out onto the field in those situations where he had some of those concussions 
I think the Dolphins are going to be under a lot of scrutiny this offseason and, and even heading into next year as well. This is a narrative that's going to kind of keep coming back up until they kind of put it to bed. And so I think the Dolphins will be a little bit more careful with him in the future if this concussions were to come up. And I know you are more likely to get another concussion if you've had a, a concussion previously, but he'll have the offseason here to kind of get right. We won't have to deal with contact. So we'll start the fresh, the new year fresh with a blank slate. If it happens again, then I'm more worried about it. So from a Debbie perspective, I would probably lean to a, but like you said, with the C2C, we don't have to worry about Malachi Nelson necessarily being this slam dunk, um, you know, prospect at the next level. Or even though I think he will be, cause he's one of the best, if not the best quarterback I've evaluated in the past couple of years, um, just overall. So, I think that, he, like you said, he's tied to to Lincoln Riley, so he's going to put up some numbers there. You mentioned Spetler, Spencer Rattler as somebody who didn't work out there. And I think if Spencer Rattler, if, if Caleb Williams isn't there and Spencer Rattler still is with Lincoln Riley, he gets another year with him, I think we see him differently. Like, I don't, I think we still see him as a Baker Mayfield level type of a guy. Like, I think he would be in a first round. He might probably wouldn't go first overall, but I think he would be a first round pick. Uh, in the NFL draft. And I think we would see him differently. So there, and he would have put up good numbers in college as well. So just whoever's tied to Lincoln Riley is just rocket ship. So especially from a C2C perspective where you're going to get three, two years of stats from him, uh, I would go Nelson as well. Moving into the running back position though, um, Quinshawn Judkins, the freshman phenom running back from Ole Miss versus Kenneth Walker. Um, rookie at Seattle. Who you got? I keep taking the college guy. I know I'll get some flack for that. I don't even know. I'm going to say this somewhat flippantly. I don't even know that Kenneth Walker's that good. There were a lot of games this year where he did not play very well for the Seahawks. Uh, I know that he had some decent counting stats as the year went on, but I never watched Kenneth Walker and thought like, this guy's significantly above replacement level. To be to like, I, I don't know that he's that level of a back. He's a fine NFL back. I think Judkins is a better prospect than that. I think he's um, going to rush pretty well at Ole Miss. I don't actually don't. We might have just seen like his best yardage season this past year, but I still think he'll be at worst like an RB2 for college fantasy. And then I, th I think he'll be a, a valued by the NFL. I, I do think they will like him. Um, and if I'm not that sold on Walker kind of being a franchise altering type running back, which are not that common, um, then I'll just, I'll, I'll just, uh, trade get the, you know, the age, I'll, I'll just kind of reset the age clock a little bit. We talk about that a lot on the show. Um, if, if I have two running backs similar and, and one's younger, um, I, I'll do that. So I, I, I think it makes the Judkins pick, uh, fairly obvious actually. Uh, I don't even think this is that tough of a, a decision between the two of them. I do kind of agree with you about Kenneth Walker, not being that great of a player. Um, I wasn't all that high on him coming out. I actually had Isaiah Spiller ahead of him until the draft. And then we saw Isaiah Spiller go in the fourth round and Walker in the second. And then I did move Walker ahead of him, but I think Walker's biggest advantage is the offense that he's in. Uh, you know, that offense just produces solid running backs every year, back-end RB1s, high-end RB2s every single year. Um, and Quinshawn Judkins is going to have a great year here at Ole Miss again. 
Uh, he'll probably have another great year, and then he'll go off to the NFL. I think as a pure prospect, Quinshawn is a little bit better than Walker right now and has the ability to continue to grow and get even better. So this one is really tough for me. I actually have them back-to-back in um, – I tweaked our, we did our quick cornerstone rankings the other day. Uh, I've tweaked mine a little bit since then. I have these two players back to back. I have Walker just ahead of Quinshawn Judkins right now because I do value the NFL a little bit more than college. And Walker, I think, is going to be a back end RB1, high end RB2 for as long as he is in Seattle system. Whereas with Quinshawn Judkins, he's going to put up great numbers on the college side. But then we don't know what he's gonna his situation is gonna be in the NFL. So give me Walker on this one, but man, is it really, really close. Well, I just think that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. No. I'm glad we disagreed at least on one call on you making me yeah. go first so you can copy my answers. I see what you're doing. <laughs> that's how I always do it. I always do it. But I have to disagree with you on that one. Next up, we running back position still here. Cedric Baxter Jr. The freshman running back headed to Texas. Barty Crouch, Jr. <laughs> Cedric Baxter, Jr. <laughs> that pauses. Uh, have you watched Kaleidoscope yet? The Netflix show? No. I, oh, okay. no. Is guy. that the one that like bounces around? Like You don't have to watch the episodes in order? Like, there's, like, yeah. No, that's, yeah. It's too trippy for me. Yeah. I like my plot line, you know, firm and, you know, established. And uh, it is I, pretty. It is, is it good? pretty. Uh, I'm I'm not done with it yet. But the reason I bring it up is there's a guy in there. His name is um, Ray Jr. Or Roy Jr. Jr. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it's Roy Jr. Jr. Uh, but that's kind of what made me think of that. But anyway, Sorry. Cedric Baxter Jr. Running back headed to Texas uh, versus Zach Evans. Running back from the other running back from Ole Miss rookie coming into the draft of the NFL this year who you got I'm going to take the NFL guy well <laughs> if we can call him that um I'm going to take Evans I don't agree I know that there are like smart people that have been killing Zach Evans this offseason including Ray Garvin has been uh, I, I think I saw uh, Jared Wackerly has, has, has said that he thinks he falls in the draft. I think John. Um, yeah. And not to like make, I don't think Brandon Lejeune likes him a lot either. Right. Um, There's a lot of smart people. It is. I, all, I value all of those people's opinion. Yeah. Um, the smartest RB guy that I know likes him, which is good. That's Noah Hills. Thank you. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> your, your name, Noah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> Noah, it's not. Hey <laughs> oh man, I think there's a gas leak in here somewhere. It's, it's getting bad. Um yeah, no Noah likes him. Um I we talked a little bit about him last week in terms of just how efficiently and how quickly and how under control he can be when he's going north to south. I think that's a like a, it's a really good skill. Uh, he can change direction very well. I think he's got really nice burst. He plays with pretty good pad level. He's not he's not powerful necessarily, like pushing a, a pile. But I think he's powerful like in one on one situations. Like he can lower the shoulder, uh, and, and you know maybe think some maybe make somebody think twice about trying to tackle him again in the open field after he does it once. 
I, I don't get the hate. Like, I think at worst, he should be like your RB4. I, I do still think he's going to be a day two guy. Um, I, I don't have that many concerns about him. Like, I, I think he's just a well-rounded player. So I, I will take him. I like Baxter, but it's a lot of projection for for a running back like him to come into college. Does he take that job right away? I think we're predicting he does, but he could not. There, there's some risk there. Um, so I, I think I'll lean with Evans. Man, I thought I was going to get you on that one, too. Uh, I'm going to go with Evans as well, actually. Uh, I Cedric Baxter is my RB1 in the class. But if we are looking pairing last year's class versus this year's class, he probably would have been right right there with Trevante Citizen, like right around my RB4. So it's a little bit of a weaker running back class, which helps to bump him up a little bit. Now, I do like the landing spot of Texas. I do think maybe he doesn't seize that job right away, but I think by the end of the year, we're probably looking at a Bijan situation where he starts to continue to get carries and build, you know, and seize more and more of that backfield. But I agree with you on Zach Evans. I, I think he's, I think he's a good running back prospect. Like, biggest concern with me for him with me is uh, he's not a, a great pass catcher. He's fine. Uh, he'll he'll get the job done at the next level. Um, but so, you know, that's not a great number. And then uh, power, like you say, he's not great at pushing a pile. Is he going to be a guy that they're going to keep in around the goal line? I don't know. I think he can do it. You know who else sucks at pushing a pile, though? Because I want I, so I every week. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show. We me, Colin, Colin's brother, and then a very another very good friend of ours. We do a like touchdown parlay, like an NFL mm-hmm. touchdown parlay every week during the season. Um, I started this year at like in the middle of the season, I, I, I switched around Robbins and doing like, like six or seven touchdown scores. And then you round Robin, I'm like three or four. Um, and I need to start doing that too. It's, I mean, I hit that one and there were multiple other weeks where I hit like four out of five, five out of six. There was a week late in the season where I had Kenneth Walker in my, my parlay and they had first and goal on the two or on the one. And they gave it to him three or four straight times. And that dude couldn't run through shit. This he is not like he's not a strong back either. So we want to talk about a guy like it hasn't been prohibitive to him. Like, yeah, okay, maybe he's not a next level back. But again, that's I'm not saying Zach Evans is a next level back. I'm just saying I think he can be like a Kenneth Walker range value in the NFL. Um, so I mean power a little overrated for some of these guys as long as they weigh in at 210 plus, which I'm 98% sure Zach Evans will. I mean, there's always a chance that he doesn't, but He's got the frame and he's already yeah. 205, 210 anyway. Like, I don't see why he wouldn't yeah. weigh in that much. Yeah. I think if you're a fan of Kenneth Walker, you should like Zach Evans uh, because I, I think there is definitely some similarities there. But yeah. So I, I like Zach Evans. I think he's going to be a day two pick as well. He's going to test well at the combine. He's going to have good size. He's been very, very efficient in college. He's banged up a little bit this year at times. And I think a lot of people are looking at what Quinshawn Judkins did. And now they're like, oh, well, he did this. He Quinshawn Judkins outperformed Evans. So Evans must suck. It's just, it's possible that they're both just really good running backs. Did you know that Jake Fromm outproduced Justin Fields when they were both together at Georgia? That must mean Justin Fields sucks. I mean, there were a lot of people who thought Justin Fields sucked earlier this year, too. I mean, I'm just saying, using the uh, uh, Bijan, we could have used that same argument about Bijan as a freshman. Well, he couldn't get yeah. the job over, you know, whatever the fuck was there that wasn't any good. Roshan. Um, and then they fired the entire coaching staff that offseason. It was like a shocker that was <laughs> fire worthy. So I, I, I don't never necessarily like that argument that, uh, you yeah. know, X 
X was, you know, more productive than Y. As long as it's not like he ran for 200 yards and the other guy ran for 1,800. Like, it yeah. was, didn't they both run for 1,000 yards? Um, Quinshawn definitely did. I think Evans was really close. I think, he, I think he did too. It wasn't like he had an I awful think he, year. Yeah, I think he probably did. So, yeah, there's, a, there's another good point too. Um, so I agree with you there. We both take Evans. Next up, wide receiver position. Your guy, Antonio Williams, wide receiver at Clemson, for, versus your other guy, formerly uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver Ooh, at <laughs> wide receiver from Ooh. USC slash Pitt. Who you got? Addison. I'll take Addison. Um, he's just already at the NFL. Like, there's no age clock that we're worried about here. Like, I think. They're talking about Addison as like a, a mid late first kind of guy. Like that's kind of the, it's kind of what we hope Antonio, the range Antonio Williams goes in, right? Like, I think, you know, that, that will probably end up being where he's selected. Like, I don't think he's like a, a Williams is a God. Um, but I like, I, I think he's going to be a really, really good prospect, you know, a mid late first kind of guy. So I'm just, you know, if, if that's just what I'm hoping, there's so many bad things that can happen between now and then, um, and I think Addison will be like I think he'll be productive wherever he goes. I think, you know, I I like I don't think he's Devonta Smith. Like I don't think they're necessarily similar players at all. I think um, Addison's actually better deep than and I think um, uh, Smith is a little more of a possession like intermediate uh, game kind of guy. Um, but like I think he could, Addison could go to an offense and have a, a really good wide receiver one in front of him, like AJ Brown of Philly, and Addison could be like a really really good like ninety catch, twelve hundred yard eight touchdown kind of guy, which is what Devonta Smith was this year. I think he could do that. And I think he could conceivably do that by his second or third season in the NFL. So I, I, I'll just take the guy that I think, you know, I, I he's already cleared a lot of the hurdles to getting there uh, over Williams, who still uh, has a few. Man, I, I don't know if you noticed with these wide receivers, but I picked those pretty carefully. Yeah, you um, picked all the guys that I like. That's very nice of you. <laughs> yeah. That's well, I thought nice. I was going to pair up the guys that you like and, and see if I can't get you on one of them. Thought I might get you on this one. Uh, I'm also going to go with Jordan Addison too. Not that I, I do like Antonio Williams. And I think actually the hire of Garrett Riley at Clemson is a, a big factor for Antonio Williams from the college production standpoint. Um, assuming that Dabo releases some control of that offense, which I think he is going to, I don't think he's really been, I don't think he's had too much of an influence in calling plays recently and I kind of expect that to continue, especially bringing Garrett Riley in. Garrett Riley runs a good offense. And I think that Cade Klubnick is the type of quarterback that is going to mesh well with Antonio Williams. So I think Antonio Williams is going to be pretty fantasy relevant from in CFF this year. Probably like, you know, wide receiver two, three-ish um, type of a guy in college there. So that's going to help his numbers too. Well, they, they did a, they did, i want to ask you they they did a lot of last year like scheming quentin johnston like the ball into his hands just mm -hmm. or, or like uh, uh darius davis like some of those guys they did it for all those guys uh, and williams is the obvious choice to operate yeah. in that role right like i don't think they really have another guy on that team that i'm like just no. want to get him, get him the ball in space and we'll see what he does i don't they don't have another guy like that so i, I think that bodes really well for him that he's almost locked in for like 60 touches next yeah. year just based on the fact that like he's gonna be that guy yeah so, yeah, I think that really helps Antonio Williams, which is another reason I thought I might get you on this one. But, yeah, I think the biggest separator for me is we hope Antonio Williams turns into what Jordan Addison is. And obviously Jordan Addison has not been drafted yet in the NFL, but I think he is pretty safe in the back half of the first. 
that's kind of where we want Antonio Williams to be. And I agree with you. I, I don't know that either of these are going to be um, guys who are they're neither of them are traditional alphas. And I think you're going to hear a lot of the, can they be a wide receiver one on their team? But when I talked last week, like does that doesn't always really matter. There was five teams, five or six teams this year that had two top 25 wide receivers. So teams can support two fantasy relevant wide receivers. So we don't really care if he's a wide receiver one on the NFL stat sheet. The masses the have sheet. finally figured that out with JSN. What I've been saying yeah. on these shows for the past <laughs> like three months about like, I don't give a shit if he's like the best quote unquote NFL prospect because this is freaking fantasy football and like, what he does is so like valuable for fantasy that I just don't care. And people like I finally started seeing that a couple places this week and I was like, huh, imagine that. But yeah, it's going to be the same thing with those guys. Like, yeah, like what mm -hmm. they bring to an NFL field, like quote unquote is not quite as valuable, but like whatever, like that yeah. for fantasy, that's what we give a shit about. Yeah. They're going to be really, really good. Yeah. So we agree on that one. Both Jordan Addison here, last one wide receiver, John Tate cook headed to Texas freshman incoming freshman versus George Pickens wide receiver at Pittsburgh. Who you got? This is a really, really tough one um, because I am not in the finally camp. I got it on the last one. I, I know <laughs> that um, there are people that say, you know, like Pickens sell him like, you know, blah, 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 blah. The, the surrounding, you know, whatever he wasn't separating as, as much as a lot of guys this year. He was, um, I still think he might be the most important receiving option on that team because they're when they're in a bind, he's the guy that they go to. I think Pickett likes him a lot. And I think that he's going to continue to improve there with in, in Pittsburgh over the next couple of years and be a really good player for them. So I'm not necessarily in the the pick and sell camp, but I also think that uh Jonte going into Texas. We'll see what happens with A.D. Mitchell here because I think that does yeah. gum up the works a little bit in terms of just snaps to be had at wide receiver next year for them. If anybody hasn't heard that rumor, A.D. Mitchell entered the portal from Georgia and it's rumored he's from Texas. Apparently he has like a newborn there or something or a, a young child that um, Texas make, makes Texas an, an intriguing landing spot for him. Um, so I think uh, things getting a little murkier for Jonte. I think Jonte will be the better player in the future actually, but I'm going to, I'll take Pickens now. Cause I think I know a little more about what he is today. And I think if cook disappoints a little bit freshman year, I still don't think he'll be anywhere close to a zero. Um, I think that then, you know, you can, you can kind of make that move uh, after freshman year. I'm glad that you said that this one was at least tough. It was uh, first tough one. First tough one. Um, I'm going to side with John T. cook here on this one. And there is a lot of risk. There's definitely a lot more risk with Jonte Cook than there is with George Pickens. And I'm not in the sell George Pickens camp either. I like George Pickens. I think he was going way underdrafted this past year. He is a really good wide receiver prospect. He's a good receiver. He was good at Georgia despite kind of, you know, their limits uh, to wide receiver production there. But think Pickens is in a more crowded offense with a quarter 100% sold on Kenny Pickett long term. I don't think Kenny Pickett's you shut your damn mouth right now. I don't think Kenny Pickett's any worse than a you know Kirk Cousins type of a player. So he could definitely stick around and be fantasy relevant for a while, but 
he Kenny Pickett's not a guy who's going to be like we're not excited that George Pickens is tied to Kenny Pickett long term. And Deontay Johnson is there as well. Deontay Johnson kind of operates as the wide receiver one there. Yeah, Johnson only has like a year left in his contract though, or two years maybe. They, they did some weird extension. I don't know. Last offseason it was two additional years, and I don't know if it was two additional on the end of that one, or I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the deal is. I think he probably has another two more years but it's not he's not locked up long term i don't think the steelers intend to lock him up long term so just throwing that out there interesting um but going back to jontae cook he is my wide receiver one in this class now cook and makai lemon the wide receiver going to usc they have the the same grade for me i have jontae cook just a little bit ahead of him i think jontae cook is a little bit uh better of a route runner. I think they're both good route runners, but I think Jonte Cook shows more nuance throughout his routes than Makai Lemon does, which is uh, a good sign already as a, as a freshman or incoming freshman. And I think that Jonte Cook can is, is extremely versatile as well. I think he can play inside. I think he played outside. He wins downfield well. You can use him in the screen game. He can be used in the intermediate area of the field. Uh, in terms of his usage, and his ability to win in multiple ways, I think that's kind of on the like Keishon Boutte area, um, where Makai Lemon, very, very good wide receiver in his own right, just a little bit more limited. So that's where I, I'm not quite as versatile. So that's where I put Jonte Cook ahead of him. And I think that gives Jonte Cook a higher ceiling long term than George Pickens. But you're right, AD Mitchell going there does gum things up a little bit, um, presumably going there gums things up a little bit. But I still like Jonte Cook. A.D. Mitchell, one of those guys that changed his damn name when he got to school. Yep. Formerly Adonai, Adonai is a cool name, bro. It is. Adonai is a cool-ass name. It is. With it. it is. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here tonight. We disagreed on two. Hopefully, the people are happy. Uh, probably not. But probably not. But we will be back next week on Monday with Campus Life. I'm not lying to the people this time. We will both be back. Um, so tune in next week for that. But until next time, this is Colin. Man, this is Austin. And have a good one.